Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the Successful Life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and today I have my friend, Nick Small. What's up, Nick? What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on here. Yes, sir. So, Nick, I, you know, you can tell everybody about you way easier than I can. And so I'll probably butcher part of it, and you've done some really cool things. Um, and I'm super excited to hear about those things. So let's just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Who are you? I'm um I'm a guy. Everybody says they're an entrepreneur. All right, I'm entrepreneurial. All right, but you know I'm I, I'm the founder of USP, and I've I've taken that that title as my role, if that makes any sense. Um, focusing on this focusing on this company, this mechanism that yeah that that helps a lot of people. And, you know, we employ many people and, and, you know, we develop a family here and, and basically that's, that's who I am. You know, I've got two boys, I've got two boys, but U.S. Pave is my third boy, my third child, you know, <laughs> and that's, you know, it, it, it needs constant love and needs constant attention and needs, you know, it's, and, and the more, the more attention to detail you give anything, the better the outcome is always going to be. Whether it's your kids, whether it's you know your relationship, whether it's you know friendships and you know business, you know this this, this what you what you build. And so you know you ask me that's that's what I've considered myself to be as of late. You know, in my early my early career, I was an, I was an entrepreneur, starting companies and stuff like that. This it is, sounds fun, right? It sounds yeah, fun. It sounds until you get it in. Sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. And people think, Nick, people think that business owners have it made because of fill in the blank, whatever their perception is. But there's a lot. Dude, there's so many moving parts to running any business, for that matter. And, and and one thing that I think a lot of people don't think about is, you know, you have to manage a lot of people. You got to manage a lot of money. You got to manage a lot of people outside of your company. It's just a lot of stuff, that, a lot of layers. And to get to, you know, the size company that you've got and, and the success that you've had, it's hard um, because most people don't make it. Most business businesses don't make it. Yeah, um, there's, I mean, there's a million reasons why. Yeah, absolutely. So why do you think, you, what do you think the difference was with you? Why did you, why did you make it? I don't know how to give up. That's that's the number one. That's the number one thing. I don't know how to give up. Um, I've had many failures. I mean, I've had way more for failures than successes. It's it's just keep going. You just keep going. And the thing is, it's like you, you're just not stopping. A couple core things of that that I stumbled on early. Number one was you know building the brand. I got. I lucked into it. All right, I, I'm going to tell you a lot of lucky that I've that that has happened in my life. Um, but building the brand, the little nuances, attention to detail, 
you know, because when you're when you're a business owner, you're starting out, you don't have fun. There's no money. You know, John Damon wrote a book, The Power of Broke. You know, and I think the whole the whole premise of the book is, you know, anybody with a million dollars can go learn how to go make another million dollars. But take that guy with no money and have him go make that million dollars. That's a hard million dollars to go fucking make. And and you know, the being doing it, doing it with nothing teaches you a lot. When you start off, you know, I started US Pay with six hundred and ninety seven dollars. My last paycheck was six hundred and ninety seven dollars. What year and was change. That? that was two thousand twelve. March March thirteenth, I think it was, two thousand twelve. My son had just turned six years old. He was in his, his first year of elementary school. And you know, I basically I was I, I worked for two years at my at a my aunt's paving company. And I called her and I called her Monday morning and I was like, listen, I'm not coming into work. I'm not quitting, but I'm not coming back to work. So I need you to fire. I don't think she listened too much to me. Tuesday, I called and said, hey, I'm not coming into work. I need you to fire. I'm not quitting, though, but I'm not coming back to work. (laughs) And then Wednesday, I said the same thing Wednesday morning and like, where are you? Like, I'm at home. Like, we'll come meet you. And I knew that that was my last paycheck was coming because I was done. I was done, you know. And I knew there was. I felt that there was a better way in doing something and doing my industry. I felt there was a much, you know, a much, a much more now kind of way. You know, all my customers. I was the youngest salesman in the company, and I think I was the youngest by like 14 years. All my customers were running at the speed of the iPhone. The iPhone was coming out, iPads were coming out, and all my customers were running at that speed. But my company, which was very successful, my family's company was very successful, especially at that time, they were still running at the speed of the fax machine. My proposals were getting faxed out. I couldn't do my proposals at home. I had to do them inside that office at their computer. And my little boy, I was a single dad, my little boy was sleeping on my couch in the office. I was working 100 hours a week, and that's you know that's that's the life I was living. And and I was like, man, there's a way way better way in doing this, way better way. In doing this. And so I started not as that disgruntled employee, you know, because this is my second this is my second business venture, really. Um, I started like I saw an opportunity, and I was like, man, there's it. it I'm going to go exploit this. One of the main things that I learned early on was not getting into something with lots of competition. Competition, you know, there's there's a finite amount of customers in whatever industry you're doing. You've got to judge the space around you on what your competition is doing. Where do they lack? Basically, you know? And so I I I focused on what the competition wasn't doing. I focused on my customers. My customers were my age. You know, late twenties, early thirties, needed wanted stuff done right now, and so you know, I in in my industry is is my industry is the most antiquated part of construction there is. I mean, more so than roofers. I mean, you can have a, a very green building, LED lights and 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 solar panels and all kinds of stuff, and the parking lot's still made out of concrete and asphalt. Nothing's changed. So I looked at it, I was like, man, this is such, a, it's such an industry needing, wanting some, some forward progression. And then, then the other side of it, the customer aspect of it, waiting on proposals and waiting on things. And, you know, it's like, let's give the customers what they want. So then I started, that's, that's when I started really thinking about business, you know, what works and what doesn't. I go to a dead Burger King. I mean, it's dead, but Chick-fil-A is bumping. I mean, they're they're you know three blocks away, but I feel like a king when I go to when I go to to Chick Fil A. You know, they That's treat right. you well. You know, the, the chicken biscuit at McDonald's in the morning is the same as Chick Fil A's chicken biscuit in the morning. But I'd rather go to Chick Fil A. I'm in and out. Yeah, that line is long, but they treat you like a king every time. And they don't. Yeah, the the percentage of the of the order getting screwed up is not is much lower. The the quality of the food. I don't know. To me, it's the same. But you know what you're getting. You, when you go inside there, the place is clean. You're taken care of. You're greeted. Now, imagine putting those things 
in that service industry. And now take a service industry that's the most antiquated of all construction, paving, all right? You have paving like at the bottom, maybe then roofing above that, then everything else really is, is, you know, it's a lot more in today's world. So you take an industry like that and you put these, you, you plug in those things that you see work in other industries, and now you build, now you build your brand around that. And that's what, that's what U.S. Pave is. You know, U.S. Pave, you call, it gets done. You call, we show up. Hey, you get the proposal. I mean, how many times do we get jobs because the competition doesn't show up? Oh, you know? it is mind I mean, it's, it's like I said, like, and like I said, you know, in, in our industry, we're a service provider, all right? We're not a tech company. I'm not, there's not, you know, we're not selling new cars. We're not selling Rolexes. We're selling, you know, things that people need. And if you, if you give the people what they need, you're going to get business. Now, in the beginning, you got no money. You can't advertise. So you got to go knock on doors. And then you got to give them that personal service. And Nick Small is out there next to that pothole that's getting filled by his, by his two guys that he, that he was able to, to hire for the first And, and that's what, that's what happens. And that's how you start building. That's how you start building that organization. And, and like I said, a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's luck. I came up with the name US Pave in 2012. I bought the domain name, uspave.com, for $9.99. I mean, on, on GoDaddy. But I had to have that name. I had to have that name. I remember I came up with the name one night, and I, I would go on GoDaddy, and I would, I would check the domain name. and said someone owned it, but I could not figure out who owned it. I didn't have the money to go hire one of those companies to find out who owns that domain name, so maybe I can buy it. I don't have the money to go buy it anyway. So for three or four months, I would check that domain thing three or four times a day. And I remember one time it was July something, so you know, coming up on the anniversary, the um, July something, three o'clock in the morning. I checked who owns uspave.com, and it was available out of the blue. It was available earlier that day. It was not available. But at that moment, it was available. So I bought uspay.com, uspay.info, uspay.org. <laughs> I spent like 60 bucks on domain name just so I owned it. And I knew I had to have it. So then, then it came, okay, I got to have a logo. I got to have a logo. So I was like, and it, that, that logo, I remember, it's attention to detail, little tiny thing. That logo bothered me for months. I didn't have a logo. It was just uspay, you know, I just wrote it in some font and stuff like that. So then I was like, well, what is U.S. Pave? So the premise of U.S. Pave, yes, we're going to serve its customers, but also I'm going to take this antiquated industry and bring it into the 21st century. U.S. Pave, there's a lot of future to U.S. Pave. There's a lot of future. So then I started, I don't know if you can see the logo or not. So I thought, I remember the old NASA logo, the original NASA logo? Yeah, yeah. You can't get much more future than that. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's... Uh, that's, that's that's really and then, and, you know, and then I just incorporated it into into the website. So I made the uspave.com logo, and then that was it. Why? Because I didn't have the money for marketing. I didn't have that money. So I, so my total invest was a couple hundred bucks. I had now, now, I had a name, and I had a logo. So now I need a website. Before I bought a piece of equipment, before I bought a saw, before I bought a play compactor, or rented a building, anything, I started my website. And I knew that I had to build a mechanism for people to call. Yes, I can go, I can go cold call. But it's, going to come a, it's going to come a point where I'm just servicing my cold calls and I'm going to build this organization. And this organization is not Nick Small. It's U.S. paid. And so that's, you know, I wanted to build this. I wanted to build this foundation so that then other people, other sales guys, estimators, because that's really what they are. They're not sales guys. I don't want them, I don't want them you know hard selling people i want them servicing people you know and we get the we get these sales guys so now i build this platform where the calls can the calls can come in you know and now i focus on the people that go get the stuff done and that's 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 the key point that's the key point i would look i always go back to chick-fil-a because chick-fil-a happens to find they find the 16 and 17 18 year old kids that enjoy doing a good job they're not getting paid any more than other than the people down the street. They're getting paid ten to fifteen dollars an hour. I saw a sign outside of outside of Chick Fil A now hiring ten to fifteen dollars an hour. <clears throat> I see McDonald's now hiring nineteen dollars an hour, five hundred dollar bonus. But it's the culture. It's the people. It's it's where it's building that organization that you want to get the right people. 
So now, so now you focus. You now you focus on on that. You focus on getting the right people, and everything else falls into place. Everything falls into place. U.S. paved. U.S. paved did this, and it would go. And it would grow when I'd push the gas pedal. You know, it, it would grow, and then I'd, I'd let it coast, and I'd push the gas pedal. You know, and let it go. But I I learned early on that I didn't have all the tools. Me personally doesn't have all the tools. You know, because I'm I'm terrible at crossing P's and dotting I's. All right, I'm great at do, building the big picture. All right, the attention to detail for the logo and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm those are my gifts. But crossing those T's and dotting those I's are like not not my gifts. I I found my partner Graham. I found him several years ago, and I was like, this guy, he is a T crosser. He is an I daughter. He does the diligent things that I'm not good at. I'm diligent. I work hard. But I'm not focused on a lot. On it. there's so many parts of the business, you can't be focused on all of them at the same time. Yeah. And also, it all it all depends on what you want to build. It depends on what you want to grow. Some people just want to be a pickup truck servicing calls every day, and that's fine. Some people want to build the organization with the pickup trucks and the guys servicing calls every day. You know, it, it all depends on what where you want to end up. U.S. U.S. Paved will be. It might not be in my lifetime, but U.S. Pave will be on planet Mars doing construction work one day. It will happen. And yeah, hey, Nick is fucking crazy. Nick is crazy. Nick is a dreamer. Yeah, I am. I am. You know what? I can sit here and say that now. You know, and I can wear it on my sleeve proud. I don't give a fuck. I don't you should be there. Yeah, because U.S. Pave will be on planet Mars doing construction work one day. Like I said, it might be 50 years from now. But it's going to fucking happen, Corey. People are going to be living up there, so I'm going to be. I'm going to dream that big. I'm going. I to love dream that, that, dude. Guess yeah. what? And, 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 and if you fall a little bit short of that big ass dream, you still made. You still crushed it. I'm right. I'm paving on the moon. I'm paving on the moon instead. You know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so one thing to, I want to, to ask you about, Nick, you're you don't you're not a you you didn't like start out you know, working and paving all day, every day, right? And the reason I'm asking this question is because, um, you know, I, I work with people in the trades, multiple different trades, plumbers, movers, HVAC, doesn't matter. It, but, I've, but I've struggled with that identity because I'm not a tradesman. I'm not, I'm a sales guy. Like, I know how to teach you how to sell. I know how to teach your techs how to be killers. I don't know how to teach them how to do plumbing, or I don't know how to teach them how to install an air conditioning unit. And so that really held me back for a long time. And I think you can talk about that for a minute. It, I can't because starting from nothing, I've had to sub, subcontract a lot of work, a lot of work. At, at one point, we were subcontracting 90% of the work. We were just U.S. Pave with a sales company that happened to do paving. There's two companies you need to be. You need to be an accounting company. You need to be a sales company that happens to do whatever trade you're in. If you want to be vastly successful, you don't have to focus on those things. You don't have to focus on those things, given how far you want to go. Like I said, some people are happy servicing calls every day and making a good living because you can make a great living doing that. You know, you can make six figures doing that and, and not having that, you know, all that other stuff. But you know, I knew early on that's not where I that's not where I wanted to go. So, U.S. Pave in the beginning sounded a lot bigger than what we were. So, I concentrated on doing in-house just the, some of the small things, some of the small repairs, some of the line strikes. I have to subcontract all the bigger stuff to bigger companies. There's a million guys. There's a million people that does amazing work that do not know how to go get the job. So you marry those, you marry those those things together, and you surround yourself with those people that complement those things. There's guys, I've got guys in the office that know how to go get the work. They have no idea how to go get the work done. I've got guys in the office that know how to get the work done. Have no idea where to go get the work. And then that's you know, that's that's the biggest thing. There's a there's a bunch of people out there that does amazing work that has no idea how to go get jobs all the time. And building that sales organization, because that's what, it, that's what we built first, that sales organization kept a lot of companies fed. 
a lot of smaller companies fed. And then you learn from those companies. And then sometimes, you know, those opportunities lead to different places. How many times, hey, hey, Nick, I've got a lead on this job. They'll give you the job. Can you go talk to them? All the time. All the time. But I can't go do the job that he can do because he's an amazing paper. Amazing paper. And and it's it's realizing all those things and then putting putting stuff together, putting the pieces together. You know, everybody's different. I mean, we live in a seven billion population world. There's that's a seven billion different people. Ain't nobody alike. You know, and then managing these personalities and finding out, you know, who who's who, you know who's sensitive to this and who's who's arrogant about that and who. Who can do this great job and who sucks at doing this? But you know what? They can do this other thing amazing. And then me as a business owner, you got to put all those people together and you got to manage a lot of personalities, a lot of personalities. So what you're saying, Nick, is you got to have the right people in the right seats on the bus for the bus to run. Because you can can have the right people in the wrong seats and the bus goes sideways. Right. Oh. Right. And it doesn't matter about intelligence level. It doesn't matter about it doesn't matter about uh, education level. It doesn't matter, you know, their experience level. It matters. It, it it matters on those individuals and who they are. You can have the best sales guy. Remember, I'm not selling stuff. I'm servicing customers. I don't need my sales guy going and trying to upsell them. You know, and, oh, let's you know, let's repave this entire place when it doesn't need it. Just need some repairs. Yeah, it's great. Go sell it. It's a you know, it's a great job. But you know what? I'm in it for the long haul. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing this. I'm, I'm gonna be in this industry, probably pissing people off when I'm 85 years old. They're gonna have to run me out. I'm not gonna retire. Like what am I gonna do and retire? I mean, nah, it, it, it's I'm yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna right. I'm gonna be involved in this though because I I dread the day that I become irrelevant. I think about that all the time. You know, yeah. like there's gonna become a day when I'm no longer relevant. You know, and I've met those people. I've met those people. Yeah. You, it, it's you have to keep your blinders on. Number one. All right. You can't worry about what everybody else is doing. You can't worry about what the competition is thinking. You can't worry because the more success you have, the more hate you're gonna bring on yourself. All right. That's just that's just how it is, you know, and you're not moving forward unless you're pissing someone off. That's just because no one likes you being successful, like innately. They innately do not enjoy you being successful. So you get a lot of you get a lot of hate. Friends and families are worse. I mean, how many times, you know, your friends tell you, oh, you got to Oh, you're doing this wrong. Oh, you're doing that. Oh, you should be doing this. Oh, that company is doing this. Oh, that company is doing that. How come you're not doing it? Or you think you're a big shot now because you got this big company, right? You just think oh, you're better dude, than everybody. Hey, 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 everybody thought I, thought I was rich for the longest time. They, oh, Nick owns U.S. Pay. That dude's rich. Like, man, I'm scraping two, two, you know, two twenties together to put to put uh, to get a, a tank of gas in the car. I mean, it's you know, I just recently am starting to feel a little bit of success. In my, you know, in my own, in my own opinion, but. But it, it moving forward, you, you move constantly moving forward. It's a constant movement, all right. Constant movement. You got to keep those blinders on, and you got to weed. You got to learn how to weed through the bullshit. I mean, there is there are sh- wolves and sheep's clothes everywhere you turn. And the younger you are, the harder it is. When I was, you know, when I was twenty four years old, I, I had this little sheet metal company. That was like my first company, and and I can't. How many people just try to come and take advantage of? You know, older guys. And you, and you, you know, I grew up to respect my elders. So, you know, I'm like, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, and, and you listen to these older guys, 45, 50 years old. Oh, I can help you do this. Oh, I can help you do that. I can, I can show you how to do this. And, you know, and, and then they try to snake their way into your success. And, and that happens. That does not stop. It does not stop. Now, as you get older, it becomes easier to deal with it. You know, you get a little more experience and you can go tell someone to go after themselves a lot easier than you could when you're 24 years old and you know, 40. And it's all those things that constantly come after you, you know. And so you've got to keep your blinders on and stay focused on what you want to accomplish. You know, it's it's knowing what your target is. You've got to have a target. you got to have a goal. you got to write it down. you got to put those steps in place. Write those steps out, you know. And it changes. It constantly changes. And be okay with that. I look at people in this industry. I look at people outside of this industry. I see what works for them, what doesn't work for them, you know, and you got to constantly know yourself, know what goes on. 
uh, over that over that, that you know in, in high school you read these you read these books it was uh, Oedipus Rex you know and and he's on his way to go see the Oracle at Delphi you know and over the Oracle it was one of the only things I learned in high school but over the over the I don't know why I remember this story so much but over the the the, the cave the Oracle of Delphi it says it's inscribed know thyself. And you got to know yourself. You got to know. You got to know what your limitations are, more so than your abilities. You got to know where you're Absolutely. not good. It's okay to. It's okay to not be good at shit. You know, it's, it's okay. Attention, contractors of the Successful Life Podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, successfullifepodcast.com and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. Nick, you brought up, this is a really good point. You've, you've brought up a really strong point. Uh, you real, you One thing that you've captured is the ability to understand what you're good at and what you're not good at and the ability to delegate the things that you know you're not going to do well at, whatever that is. And I've had to do the exact same thing because there's certain things I'm just not going to do. There's certain things that I absolutely hate doing, so I'm going to make it last so it never gets done. I delegate yep. those and, things. Yeah. I yep. have to. And you, yeah, and the thing is, you, you gotta, you gotta be, you, you've got to be diligent with that. I use the word diligent on because because I, you know, my my ability to be diligent wavers. You know, my ADD it, it, it jumps in sometimes. You know, and I gotta and I get pulled in all kinds of different directions. But knowing your limitations and putting those things that you're not good at, you know, onto onto the people that you surround yourself with, that's how you really move forward. You know, and you build that ship where everybody's rowing in the same direction. You know, you not got you don't have different people rowing, and it might not be like oh well, that person would have been perfect for it. Yeah, but they're not a fit for the organization. They got to fit right. the culture. They got to fit what your what your goal is. Everybody's got to work in the same direction. And and some people that some people that become that that's easy for them. that's easy for them to grasp. A lot of them it's not. You know, and I see them. I see them struggle with it. They they fight against themselves. You know, they fight they fight that battle against themselves instead of just. You know, uh, you know what? Yeah, I should be doing this. I mean, it's it's and it happens. It's stifling, and it, it stifles a lot of people sometimes. Yeah, you're right. And and you know, if you think about it, you know, the reason you and I don't work for somebody per se is because we would probably be that guy in that position because we're not great employees. We're just not. No, like we're great no, business no, no, people, no. great salespeople. We suck being employees. Like. No. Oh, just, I, was, I was a ter- I was a terrible employee at my family's at my family's payment. Um, I was I was very I became very knowledgeable very quickly because I had to. Everybody had a lot more experience than me. So the iPad had just come out. All right, so I I saved up money, bought myself an iPad because I could be anywhere looking stuff up. I can have information at my fingertips anywhere. So it fit my ADD, my, my lack of diligence sometimes, you know, so I could pick up that iPad, start and pick up right where I left off. As long as I kept that iPad everywhere I went, that's how I became knowledgeable in this, in this industry. Was I great at follow through with my customers? Oh, I suck. Oh, I suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you have to do it. You got to do it. This is, this is my, this is my 13th iPad since the iPads have come out for real every year. I look at this as an investment. Because Absolutely. of the information, you know, and and every year a new one comes out, I get it. I get it. it's on order. I get it because I don't want to become irrelevant. I don't, you know, and I see. I, and the, the more successful a lot of these guys are, the less they the learn, more. and the more irrelevant they come become. Because the more successful you get, you're you know you you, you get distant, right? Not not you, but people. Or you have oh, to, but you, but but me as a leader gets distant, you know, because yeah. I'm no longer having to work. I don't, I don't need to know what's inside the seal coat, you know. I don't need the chemical, the chemical breakdown, you know. Next thing you know, three new seal coats have come out. But you know what? Now I'm sitting, I'm sitting cushy in my chair, 
You know, I'm in my ivory tower. I'm no longer, I don't, I don't no longer have to learn this stuff, you know? And I see that happen all the, all the time and they become irrelevant in their industry. They quickly, quickly, information, information duplicates every, you know, every six months. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and you have this, you have this exponential growth of information and the quicker you, the quicker you learn and the more up to date you stay with stuff, the more in the driver's seat you're always going to be. That's just, like, I'm not, we're not following anybody. Like, USA follows nobody, you know, even down to my, my simple marketing. Like, we spend hardly anything on marketing. All right. I do a lot of the marketing myself. And I'm not good at it. All right. But the phones don't stop ringing. I don't know what everybody's doing. But then every now and then, hey, these people are putting pictures up like you are now. Oh, they got a different angle of them, you know, because I'm always, I'm always, you know, now, now, you know, we've got four or five drones now. That, hey, every, every job gets drone pictures. And it's not even for advertising because I know the condition of the place before we do the work, you know, and it's the best angle. But it's just another repertoire on how to be better. Next thing you know, three months later, everybody's starting to do it now. You know, my family's company, because I, I watch my family's company like a hawk, you know, and I, I look at them, they're 10 years behind schedule. You know, I mean, that's just... Nick, let's just really think about the guys that wait three, six months to get the drones, right? Let's just take your competition, right? How much money and time are they wasting over that three and six months by not pulling the trigger on the newer technology? It's, I mean, how much time do you think it saves you? I mean, not you, but the company by using that technology? $112 million, all right? So that, I'll tell you why I came with that number for a second. All right. Okay, beautiful oh, that my, <laughs> it's a real number too. So, so 12 years ago when I was at my family's company, all right. And I, and I just recently know this 12 years ago at my family's company, I, I was there when I went and bought my first iPad and I spent a lot of money and time learning how to, learning how to measure properties while I'm at the property on my iPad. The most accurate measure. Before that, you had to take a wheel and walk around and stuff like that. And my family's company would not purchase iPads at all. I had to buy my own, you know, buy my own apps. I found this one app and I would call the guy who developed the app, you know, three or four times a week. Hey, let's do this. Can you add that? You know, a year later, there's an app where I can measure parking lot. I, I didn't pay for the app, but I put a lot of input. I put a lot of input into it, you know, because here's this young kid, all right, young in the industry. Here's this new market, really, because this guy was developing this 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 great this great app that I can measure, you know, in real time the parking lot while I'm standing there, and and I look at it, I'm like, this is the future. This is the future. 112 million dollars is how much I've sold since then, personal. Okay. And and here's the thing. I look at I look at my family's company. They just bought iPads for the first time. All right, six months ago, and gave it to their sales. Crap. Yeah, that's why I tell you, 112 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So like, so that's a that's a that's a real number. I look, you know, and the thing is, that's why you know, it, there's so many companies that just become they they get out of touch. They they're behind schedule. They're, you know, 10 years behind schedule. They're running the, they're running the speed of the fax machine, you know, right. and, and you can't let yourself be that. Whether you own a company or whether you're a parent, you can't let yourself become irrelevant. You've got to stay going. And the thing is, our minds don't peak until we're, what, we're in our fifth, like not 58 years old. Like athletically, you peak at 28, all right? I think 28 or 29, athletically, you peak. Your mind doesn't peak until you're 58, 60. You know, you, you continue to, you're continuing to grow mentally, you know, but people get bogged down with life. People get bogged down with family. People get discouraged and they don't, they don't stay up with this. Stuff. Learn the printer, <laughs> learn the printer, you know, just, just little things because it makes, it, it, it makes the workflow much better, you know, and you're constantly learning and those who learn will always be drivers. You don't want to be right. a follower, you know, you want to be a driver in your industry. That's right. And, and and here's the thing. If you're not working on something new, you're not challenging your brain. If you're not learning something new, if you're not listening to books or reading or doing something to 
provide new information. I don't mean like scrolling on TikTok. I mean like good information that that's beneficial for you and your industry. That's going to make you better. Yes. Yes. And here's your competition's not doing it. Your competition (laughs) is not doing it. And so whatever your competition is not doing and you're doing, as long as it's in the right direction, you'll never be without work. Never. The phones won't stop ringing. The phones will always ring. You know, and that's that's the most important. It's the most important, you know. I I tell the sales guys, the the two numbers, the two most important numbers that you need to know in, in whatever industry, all right, you know, but especially mine, is your cost. You want to know what your cost is down to the fucking penny. But then you want to know what your market is. You want to know what that market is. Customers don't like to waste time. They like to know up front. They want to know what the number is up front before they even know what everything else is. They want to know what that number is. Sometimes you got to get rid of that elephant in the room and just throw it out there and then go in with your, go in with your stuff. Is there any reason is there any, any reason to not talk about the elephant in the room? The elephant in the room is going to be talked about. So just get it out of the way. It's the most, it's the most important thing. It's a deciding factor. It's 90% of the deciding factor of anything you do. All right. It's that number. It's that, is that cost? What's it going to cost? Here, it's a million dollars. Now here's why. You know? <laughs> hey, you got it over with. You got it over with. I see sales guys all the time, man. They want to talk about the job and talk about this. Hey, customer don't want that. Customer doesn't want that. That's why there's min- that's why there's prices on the fucking menu. All right. That's why CarMax is the best is, is the most successful car uh, used car company. You know, my first job out of college was working at a car lot. We didn't put prices on the car. No, because we, the salesman was supposed to bring that customer in and and rope them. I'm like, why? No. Why the fuck would I do? Hey, hey, put the price on the windshield. If I see that, if I see the customer come out onto the lot, and he knows what the price is in that car, and he's still checking it out. Hey, half the sales done. All right. Now let me go. Let me go forward because the elephant in the room's talked about. You know, you don't have to deal with the tire kickers and stuff. You know, and you know, and it takes it takes real thought with these, with you know, and with with your customers, what they want. I lost sixty three thousand dollars. It was about six years ago. We were paving this association, and we were doing such a great job that while we were paving the association, another association would ask us for a price and then give us the job while we were paving the person. And this happened four times in this, in this I mean, almost a million dollars of the work in just a couple of weeks out of nowhere. But we were doing a good job. We were paving, we were paving during Christmas. On Christmas Day, I, we had like 15, 20 phone calls over and over and over again. Finally, I was like, man, who the fuck is calling? So I answered the phone, and the guy is screaming and yelling. I thought, you know, one of my rollers on a job site had rolled down, ran to a car or something, you know? No, the guy was, my driveway is not as black as my neighbor's driveway. And I lost it. I was like, are you kidding me? You're calling me on Christmas Day about this? He was the vice president of the association. The next day, they fired him. I lost sixty-three thousand dollars that day. I didn't kiss. I didn't kiss an ass. You know, when you're in the, when when you've got a company and you've got customers that feed your company, you've got to constantly keep your customers happy. And that's not just by shaking their hand and hey, are you happy? No, it's every little thing, before and after pictures, maps, detailed maps. You know, of, of what you're doing, the outline, what you're doing, a good scope of work that's, that's intelligently thought out that you're actually going to follow. You know, the attention to details, the things that cost you nothing. Because we as business owners, we start companies with no money. That's right. Those are the things you've got to work on. And you, you master those things and become your craft, you know, and your, you know, and attention to that customer is your number one thing. You might fuck the job up. But I'm going to go fix it. But that customer still likes me because I was the one that told him I fucked up first. And I've got a plan to go fix it. And that customer right. don't have to worry about nothing. You know, customers hire you to do something they cannot do. Right. And you provide that something better than anybody else. You'll always have fucking it's, I mean, it's, it's really simple. I watch, I watch Gordon Ramsay. You ever watch Gordon Ramsay? In, 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 Gordon Ramsay. Hey, that fucker, he tears people up. 
he tears them up, you know, and he and he gets on them. And he watched these owners have no clue because what's most important to those owners is themselves, their 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 way of lifestyle, or you know, their time. You know, oh, this is this is my time. I have to, you know, and they care more about themselves. You know what? That's fine. Their world will always be great. But you want to build a world that includes all kinds of other people? You've got to focus on the people, whether it's the customers, whether it's your employees, whether it's, sure. you know, whether it's the, your, your, the providers, your, your mechanics that fix your equipment for you, whether it's, you know, whether it's the guys delivering the water for you, whatever it is, you treat those people great. You'll always have business. You'll have a business that succeeds because you have the best employees. You have a business that succeeds because you have good customers, you know, and, and there are good customers and there are bad customers. And the better you build the organization, the easier it is for those bad customers to get weeded out. That's, That's right. how it is. And employed. And employed. If you got, you yeah. know, if you got, yeah, company culture is one of the most important things. And I got to, I got to tell you, like, it starts with you. And usually, yes. I don't have great conversations when I have to say it starts with you, right? You've done a great job. And it's well, not, I'm not saying that people do a bad job. I just think a lot of business owners, they just don't know how to manage a lot of these things. It's just not in our wheelhouse. Lots of times. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's not in anyone's wheelhouse. They need to right. learn how to do it. And you've got to put the effort in learning. You know, it's, and it's, it's learning how to run your business. Learn how to, you know. I mean, how many books I got? I've read on, you know, how, how to how to talk to how to talk to your employees, how, you know, how to how to you know treat different things, you know, because you're, you're look, your employees have lives, all right. Their life is not dedicated to your company. That's right. right. You get you get a quarter of that life. You get a quarter of that life, which is a huge percentage. All right. You get a quarter of it, but the other seventy five percent of those those employees' lives affects that quarter that affects your business. And you've got to be cognizant of what people are going through. People are going through at home. People are going through with their family. People are going through their hardships and stuff like that. I mean, how many cars have we fixed? Because it's easier for us to fix an employee's car than it is, you know, for him to worry about that car. You know, we've got accounts at parts shops and stuff like that. You know, and my employee, he, he's getting late to work. He's got an old beat-up car. You know what? Okay, let me go spend a thousand bucks and get that car fixed. Right, it's worry about that. benefits you and it benefits him. Oh yes, I mean, and, I, and and the thing is, when you focus, when you focus on the people, when you focus on your people, your people will focus on what what's important for you. You know, I mean, look, U.S. U.S. Pave is U.S. Pave is my child, but U.S. Pave is now also my partner's child. U.S. Pave is also Amber's child. U.S. Pave is also Kelly's child. It's also you know everybody that works here and you know and and. You know, we're all U.S. paid. It's, it's, it's a part of our life. And that 25% of the life you give that company is going to take care of the other 75% of the life that you want to go enjoy. Right. It's important. Or, it's important. Or, or if you don't take care of that 25%, guess what? You're going to get... You're gonna you're gonna get a crappy 75% that's gonna give you a crappy 25%. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're gonna be late to work. You know, they're gonna be high when they get to work. They're gonna, you know, the stuff's not gonna get done. You know, they're gonna forget stuff. They're gonna leave equipment on the job site. I mean, look, it, it's happened. It happens all. The, it happens every single day. You know, but you know, your job as a business owner is is to is you you take care of that experience for your you know for your employees. Yeah, you know, the customers will come. The customers will come. You know, yeah, you got to put some effort to go get your customers, but you got to put an effort into taking care of the employees and building the company. It was attention to details. You know, and it, it being a business owner is not a nine to five job. It's not no, it's not no weekend. You know, it's like I, I, I have been inside this office at any, at any hour of any day. I have been here. All right. There's not an hour of any day that I have not been inside this office, sitting inside this chair at one point or another. And that's just, that's just how it is. It's my other child. Yeah. You know, it is my other child. And, you know, I, look, every day. Someone, hey, are you looking to sell you? You looking to sell your company? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. And neither are my kids, and probably not their kids. All right. <laughs> and I get, I, I get, 
I get joy in saying that now. You know, in the beginning, it used to piss me off because I every you know I get probably asked four or five times a week, "Hey, you looking to sell your company?" You know, but now I tell them like, "Nah, I'm not selling. My kids ain't selling either, so don't bother them about it." You know, <laughs> I mean, and whether they're here or not, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. But building an organization that's that's look at General Electric. You know, you, you look at you look at some of these companies. Look at Ford Motor Company. You know, you look at some of these companies, these icons, these icons. I'm like, that's what I, I, I want U.S. Pave to be that one day. You know, I, I want it to be that way. Virgin, Virgin Atlantic. All right. I've never been on a Virgin Atlantic airplane. Never. I have not. I have. I might have owned a Virgin Atlantic CD at some point when I was a kid. All right. But man, I know who Richard Branson is. And I know that his employees love working at, at Virgin Atlantic. All right. I've never been on their plane, but I know that company. I know that company. All right. Because it's a company culture that people talk about. You know, and people gravitate towards. Down here, you're you're up in North Carolina. Yes. All right. So you, so you got Publix now up there. Yes. Yes. All right. So Publix Publix is born and raised in here here in Florida. All right. Publix is an, is an amazing company that takes care of their employees. One of my best friends from high school. All right. She has been work. She has worked at Publix all throughout high school. Went to college while she was working at Publix, and is now a general manager in one of the stores. At public, and I, I, re, I remember her like, oh man, I can't wait till next year's profit check. You know, oh, I can't. You know, it's it's having those discussions. You know, for the last twenty five years of how well she likes public. I'm like, man, I've got to fucking build an organization that gets talked about like that. You know, that's what I want to build. Yeah, because public is clean. They got the best subs in the world. They got, <laughs> I ain't got to worry about shit. I'm I'm paying a little bit extra money when I go there, but. I know what I'm getting, you know? And the carts work. And all the carts work. All the work. The carts work. The carts work. You ain't got to worry about, you know, you ain't got to worry about a wobbly wheel or something like that. But, hey, everybody in the company has Apple, all right? Whether it's MacBooks, iPads, iPhones. I, I spend that extra money because I ain't got to worry about it. The shit always works. It works. That's what I want U.S. Paid to be. Yeah, all right. Maybe we spend more money. Maybe U.S. Paid was 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 a little bit more diligent and learn how I how I can save some money. All right. Maybe U.S. Paid, but I know that if I call U.S. Paid, this shit. that's it. End of story. We're at, we're at so three years ago. I did I did the Miami Super Bowl. All right. So the Super Bowl was in Miami. It was September twelfth. September twelfth. I was sitting there. I was like. I would, I would drive on the turnpike next to the stadium. Now, I grew up across the street from the stadium, my grandfather's house, who my aunt, my aunt lives there now. I grew up at that, I grew up at that house, and he was you know, a little Colombian dude, all right? I don't look it, but I'm half Spanish. My, my grandfather, a little, little Colombian dude, four foot 11, you know, dark Colombian guy. I'm 6'3", big white gringo, but he was, <laughs> he was my well, he was my well of, all right? That was my grandfather. But I'd, I'd sit outside that house, and I'd see those cranes building that stadium. All right, and that was 1985, 1986. They were building that stadium, and I remember watching. So then, fast forward, I got to high school. I got to play. I got to play a baseball game there. Then, fast forward in college and stuff like that. I got to go to the stadium. Got to you know, got to go to the World Series. See, you know, the stadium was a big part of my life. So now I'm in the paving world. Man, I got to pave that fucking stadium. I'm paving that stadium. Now it's it's three years ago. It's September. I'm driving the turnpike. Like, wait a second, the Super Bowl's here this year. Oh, we got to steel coat that stadium. Hey, the next day, I was I, I was on. I knocked on every fucking door I could find to that stadium. Every construction trailer, Verizon, Verizon Wireless was building the five G network inside the stadium. They had a construction trailer. I beat on their door. The um um the landscaping company was doing all kinds of new landscaping because they were they were prepping the stadium for a while before Super Bowl. And um, I knocked on their construction trailer. I knocked on every construction trailer's door. I finally found this one, this one woman, Viola, and she was like, she called me that night. She's like, hey, the guy who's in charge of the parking lot, here's his number. So the next, so it took me two weeks to find that guy's number. I called that guy and said, hey, I'm Nick with USP. We've got to still call your stadium for the Super Bowl. Oh, really? You do that? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I just started getting bids the other day for it. What? <laughs> I mean, and so so I went. I was like, "Can I come see you the next day?" I went and go saw him. I said, and I, I looked at him straight in the eye. I was like, "Listen, I grew up right over there. 
that fucking street I grew up. I've been at the stadium. I get to play once at the stadium. I get to do a lot of things at this stadium. You cannot let anybody else do this work. You cannot. Right? So they, right before the Super Bowl, they gave us one week to still cook the entire stadium. We did the entire thing in three days. <laughs> and I got to do the Super Bowl. And now we're there every single day now. Every single day at the stadium doing something. They just built the F1, the F1 racing track at that stadium. Hey, they had us re- redo all the lines and seal coat the parking lot and stuff. Got more aerial pictures. There's, there's my my write up in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, pavement magazine about it. I mean, you look as a business owner, you go after what you want. You be definitive on what it is that you exactly want, what it is you want to build. You surround yourself with the people around there that that feel the same way, whether they're smart, dumb, whatever. As long as they feel that same way. And you can bring that emotion. Anything is possible. You can build whatever the fuck you want to build. That's right. That's, that's, now, Nick, the, there's one more story that I want you to tell, and I forgot yeah. about it. And you, it, it hit me when you said you paid the parking lot for the Super Bowl. Um, this is one of this is the part of the story. I don't know how we missed it, but we did, and it's probably one of the most important parts of your story, which is I want you to talk about your mother and when you were a kid and her going to school. <laughs> and so I'm going to tell you, you got to do it fast. Cause you choked me up. All right. all right. All right. Quick, quick. So my mom, my mom, she came here when she was 20. All right. She's from Columbia. She's not my birth, mother, but she's my mother. She raised me. All right. She got me when I was three and a half years old, four years. Soon after that, my brother, my little brother was born. My little sister was born. And when I say we grew up poor, Corey, man, we grew up fucking poor, all right? When I was in fourth grade, I had to wear my mom's shoes to school, all right? For a few weeks, I had to wear my mom's shoes to school. They had stars on them, and I had to take a Sharpie. I had to take a Sharpie and color them fucking stars black, all right? I wore those shoes to school. And kids would, kids would make fun of me. It, always, it was always great that I was bigger than most kids, but kids would make fun of me. Um, when I was eight years old, one of the most important things ever happened. My grandmother, my grandmother, who was, a, who was one of my biggest advocates in life, she, she made me believe that I was special, all right? She told me every single day when I was a kid, you got big things ahead of you. You're going to do great. You're special. You're not like everybody. I, I fucking believed her, all right? Everybody needs, everybody needs that in their life, you know? So I remember she sat me down, and she was like, listen, your mom is going back to school. Okay, now I'm eight years old. My sister, she's five. My brother, he's three. And like, your mom's going to go back to school. She's going to become a nurse, a registered nurse. All right. She's like, once she becomes a registered nurse, your life is going to change. My dad was sick. He was diabetic, type 1 diabetic. He was diabetic from the time he was 11 years old. And um, like, you'll be better medicine for your dad. You'll have... Maybe you can move out. You'll have your own room. Because we live in a two-bedroom house. My brother, my sister, and myself all share the same room. You know, until I was 14 years old or something. And, um, and she's like, once that happens, your whole life will change. So I got to hear the idea, all right, at eight years old. I got to hear the idea. So I watched my mom go to school. She'd take me to fucking class with her. I'd sit in the back, play with my shit, you know, and she would, she would do her do her stuff and on the dining room table she she'd feed us put us to bed because she was spot on bedtime i didn't go to bed at that time but i had to be in bed at that time and i would watch her then after that to study all night she had these big thick books she had these little these little plastic things to put the molecules together so she can learn all that shit and stuff and i'd watch her for four years do that four fucking years she did that and four years is a fucking lifetime eight years old all right from 8 to 12, that's a fucking lifetime. That's a third of your life. 12 years, at 12 years old, four years is a third of your fucking lifetime, all right? So it seemed like forever. But she did it. She did it. And then she became a nurse. And, Corey, I shit you not, within that first year, we moved. We were able to move. We got ourselves a four-bedroom house. I had my own fucking bedroom, all right? I had my own bedroom. Um, we, had, we had a garage. I mean, I didn't even see garages in my neighborhood, all right? We had a garage. We had, you know, we lived in a duplex in Miami, so I got to see the, I, I got to hear the idea. 
I got to see her work towards it. And then I got to reap the reward from it. It was exactly what I needed at that time in my life. Because everything since then has not been immediate. It's one of the most important things when building a business. Things do not happen immediately. They don't happen instantaneously. You can't go sell a job and all of a sudden fucking retire. Right. You build it, you build this mechanism. And it's this it, it comes from it comes from that idea. It comes from that work. And then you can see those rewards. And I saw that at eight years old, at twelve years old, and at fourteen years old. I got to see I got to see that happen. My mom's still a nurse. You know, she's been working at the hospital. That hospital just gave us a huge job. We're going to be redoing that hospital. Right? <laughs> and she's, you know, and she's, it's because of that, I think, that I've been able to, to follow these, these paths. You know, you are what you, you are, how you're raised. Yeah. Whether you were raised, whether you were raised or whether you raised yourself or whatever it is, you're a product of the surroundings growing up. I got to see that at the right time. I got to work it. I got to see the experience. I got to see her, you know, and I, and I, and I get to see her, the life she's got now. You know, my dad died when I was 20, you know. I mean, it, it, but it, it helped prolong his life. She was able to take care of three kids, one that wasn't her blood. She, she treated me like her own, you know. She beat my ass and everything just like, <laughs> just like I needed it, all right. She was my mother. And, um, but it provided. It built it built the family. Now she didn't build an organization or anything like that, you know, but she built me. That's right. And that's, 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 that's the thing. I can't, you know, and I can never repair for that. You know, I can't, but I got to see that. And how lucky, how lucky is a fucking kid at eight years old seeing something like that? I would you know? say, I would say you, I would say at the time you thought it was a death sentence, but right now you realize <laughs> it was the best thing ever happened to you. Oh, I mean, you know, and it, I didn't think too much about it. My grandma telling me, "Oh, your mom's gonna do this and stuff," you know. But you know, it's it, it helped me. It helped me further on. You know, when I'm 28 years old, say, you know, I'm gonna go build the biggest paving company the world has ever seen. You know, I ain't done it yet, but you know, I plan on it. You know, I'm working on it. Okay. You know? And it helps. It, it helps. It helps. It, it helps a person like that. You know, and we all have little nuances in our lives that we've experienced that helps us in whatever it is we're trying to do. That's right. hundred percent. One of the best, one of the best lessons, two more minutes. One of the best lessons I ever learned. All right. I played football in high school, you know, a lot, like a lot of us did. And um, I got to play afterwards and stuff, but we were ranked sixth in the state of Florida. Being ranked sixth in the state of Florida is big time. Florida is big time football. All right. We were ranked sixth in the state of Florida. We were going up against South Dade high school, which was like an hour and a half drive from us. And, um, you know, down here is dense. You know, schools are 10, 15 minutes away. That place is an hour and a half drive, and they were ranked fourth in the state. So it was two big-time schools going against, going against each other for the district championship. And, man, district championship, you got a jacket. I was, I was feeling myself inside that jacket, Corey, feeling myself. We all were. That day I walked into the locker room. The whole locker room was quiet. Not a sound. You couldn't hear anybody. And right there, I was like, man, we're going to go fucking win this game. This is the first time a bunch of 16, 17, 18-year-old kids are quiet, and we're all focused on one thing, you know? Down, we get on man. that bus. We, we get on that bus. We get down to South Dade, and we play. I played tight end defensive end. And I think I think one of those games, I didn't, I didn't leave the field. Like, I played both positions. And they, I played every down in the, in the entire game. And I remember it was – we were winning by two points. And it was fourth – and we had the ball. We were on their 30-yard line. So we were – yeah, we were on their 30-yard line. We had the ball. It was fourth down, but four seconds left. And the clock had stopped. Coach came out, and he's like – he looked at our quarterback, Eric was his name, and he was like, Eric, you dance around with the ball. You all are district champions. Verbatim, that's what that fucker said. All right? I'm in the huddle. I'm, I'm four seconds away from the district championship. Hike the ball. I go out for like a little boot. I'm looking at Eric. All of a sudden, we hear the buzzer go off. And we start jumping up and down. We're district champs. Eric spikes the ball. 
and I look at him because he's right across from me. He spikes the ball, and I knew. I was like, oh, no. I look over, and there's the yellow flag. And I knew right then. I was like, oh, no. Game can't end on a, can't, game can't end on a penalty. It gave, oh! them, it gave them the ball back with no downs, with no time left, one play. And it was the only only field goal the kid kicked all fucking year long was that 30-yard field goal against us. And they won the district championship game. Corey, I was fucking devastated. I was oh. devastated. It took me five minutes to get over it. Five fucking minutes. All right? Now, there's people that we I played with that are still not over that game. But it took Guaranteed. me five minutes to get over that game. Because I sat there, and I, I went through every play that we played in my head. I went through every fucking play. And, Corey, there wasn't a play I could have played better. University of Arizona was after me after that game. I was talking to Boston. They, they were after me after that game. Like, all these colleges and stuff. I could not have played a better game. But we lost. I was okay with it. It took me five minutes. After I went through every play, and I was like, I could not have done a better job. But that's the difference. I'm okay losing. I'm okay losing if I gave my all. If I tried everything. I'm not going to go bid a job, all right, and be sour if I lost it to the other guy, if I did everything I was going to do. If I gave him the right scope. If I, if I gave him the right numbers. You know, sometimes you lose, and it's okay if you're in it. That's another, another teaching point in my life was that. That was that moment. My mom doing her thing and losing that district game taught me that I can go after anything I want to do as long as I go after it with my whole heart. And if I don't make it, I don't make it. It wasn't made to be. I go, go after the next thing. And like, look, we're all products of, of instances that taught us stuff. But we got to be, we got to be open and aware to those instances and self-reflect and look at how it affects us and how we can be better. As long as you're trying to be better, as long as you're working on being better, because you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to attain that perfection. As long as you're working to get better, it, everything around you will constantly get better, whether it's relationships, whether it's business, whether it's money, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's, a, it's an old car that you're trying to restore. As long as you're working on it, it's going to get better. The same thing with ourselves, man. It's action. You know, sometimes yes. you just have to take action. Because a lot of people yeah. just don't take action. Oh, man. <laughs> and the thing is, a body in motion stays in motion. A body mm-hmm. at rest stays at rest. And the minute you stop moving, the minute you stop, it's hard to start back up again. It's hard, man. I see people, you know, I see we, people fall by the wayside of it. Well, we started this podcast talking about talking about being irrelevant. And yeah. it's, it's kind of ironic that we're kind of ending on a very similar you know, similar note, but it is true. If you, you know, look, when old, when people retire, if they, if they retire and they do what, you know, what people think they're going to do when they retire, which is sit around and do nothing, you're going to have a shitty retirement because you're probably going to die. Like my grandpa did. Like, I mean, you know, it, my grandpa actually lived a long time after he retired, believe it or not, but he was active. He played golf. I mean, I, I don't know how active he Active at eighty years old, a body in motion stays in motion, and that's it's, it's like that with everything. I tell my mom, like, uh, like you're not retiring, you're not retiring. Yeah, no. Like, no. once you retire the house, you're you're coming over here. You're at US Bank doing something. <laughs> you know, it's like you're not retiring because it's and that's and like I said, that's with everything. With the, you know, it's chasing knowledge, chasing chasing. Yeah, chasing your your craft, chasing you know being better, chasing you know your you know your your relationship and your family, you know your kids or you know whatever it is. As long as you're you know you're working on it and constantly working on it, you know it's it's chipping away at that marble stone to make that masterpiece. You know, as long as you keep keep working towards it, you're gonna get there. And 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 that was which goes back to how I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to quit. So you you. You put that, you put that most that 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 little piece of pepper into that mix, you know. You know, my mom taught me how to go after something. You know, that football game taught me how to. It's okay to fail, you know. And and you don't know how to fucking quit. Like, some, you can get some stuff done. <laughs> yeah, 
Nick, this has been a, such a great conversation. Um, if you could tell, uh, I don't know, tell US Pave, we, we, we know that they can find you there, but where else would you like for people to find you? Um, but you can Google Nick Small, US Pave, and you'll, you'll find me. You know, uh, oh. my email is nick at uspave.com. And, you know, however, people can find me if they, they're looking. I'll link everything in the bottom in the show notes. So, you need, absolutely. Well, Nick, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for coming on. Oh, man, I, no, I appreciate you a lot, Corey, a lot, man. My pleasure. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This, 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 this is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember. Greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.